Spirit of a Champion presents Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams. Welcome to another Encouraging Moment. Hi, this is Bobby Williams, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I want to talk to you today about the subject, You Were Born for Greatness. Yes, that's right. God made you in His own image and you are born for greatness. Well, that's our message today, and you'll want to stay with me. I want to read this scripture just before we get started to praise the Lord and to say how great He is. 1 Chronicles 29, 11, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom You are exalted as head over all. Well, I'm so glad you joined me. I want to tell you, I love you in the Lord. Spirit of a Champion, Inc. Ministries presents Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams across the nation and around the globe, and we are praying to reach millions for the cause of Jesus Christ, and we are hoping to develop people into champions for Christ, people who will deepen their faith and take it into their job, take it maybe into the schools take the love of Christ everywhere they go in life and deepen their faith and have the abundant life that Christ has promised us in John 10.10. Well, let us pray before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this message, Lord, that those who are listening were born for greatness, God. Let anything that comes out of my heart or out of my lips, let it be edifying to you, glorifying to you, and Lord, let it be encouraging and inspiring to our audience today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you have your Bible with you and you'll go to Genesis 1, and I'm going to read to you the story of how God created the world and he created you and me. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault, an expanse, he was saying, and your Bible might say firmament between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault, this separation between water and heaven. It was heaven. God made heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. What I want to point out to you today is God is in complete control. He is the one that created the universe, and he himself created everything that you see on earth. Now, let's turn to the 26th verse, chapter 1, the 26th verse, and I want to read there and we'll end this reading of God's holy scriptures. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish and the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created male And female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food. And so, 
God said at this time, that's what they were to eat. But yet down the road in the Bible, he approves meat, and they start eating meat. Now, they didn't eat it raw. The Bible also tells that he wants you to cook the meat to take the impurities of the blood out, and so it's supposed to be purified over fire. So the point I'm trying to make today is we did not come from an ape. We did not come from a primate. God made gorillas. He made chimpanzees. He made monkeys. They're still around. Darwinism would say that you have evolution on your side and you've evolved from an ape, a monkey, into a man or a woman. This is absolutely not true, and it's not what the Bible teaches. And it's very important, if you're going to know how great you really are, to know your beginnings and that you were wonderfully made by God in heaven and you did not come from an ape. God knows the difference. There are many scientists that are called creationists, and they believe the Bible to be true, and it proves out every single day that what God said in this word about you, whether you're a male or a female, that God created man, and he did it in his own image. Listen to what verse 126 says. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over all the things that creeps on the earth, so that God created man in his own image, In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. You were blessed (laughs) right from the creation. You were blessed by God. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In the Bible, It says in Genesis, and God saw it, and he said it was good. Everything that he created in Genesis 1, he said, and it was good. Many, many verses, Genesis 1, 10 says that. Genesis 1, 12 says that. Genesis 1, 18 says that. Genesis 1, 31 says that. And so what I'm trying to say to you today is don't believe those words outside of the Bible. The Lord says that we are to believe every word in the Bible as truth, and he says that the truth will set us free. Remember, at the time you came into the world, on a specific day, you came in, you were born on a specific month, a specific day, a specific season, in a chosen place. You didn't have anything to do with that. God himself molded you and shaped you in the womb. He put your eyes and your hands, and he gave you your imprints of your fingerprints, which are totally unique. No one has the same fingerprints in all of the world. That's what I'm trying to say to you today. You were born for greatness. Remember how God did this for you. Remember, And I'm not talking about astrology now, but I'm going to tell you that the stars were lined up in a certain place in the sky when you were born. The earth was on its axis at a certain place. It was a certain time of day. You were born into a certain family. You were born into a certain city or state or country. You were born for a certain purpose, a mission in life of greatness because God started you out as great. Because you were not evolutionized, you were created by the hands of God. 
And there's a big difference for those who believe God's word and for those who believe we just came from primates. And I don't believe that for one bit. I believe the whole Bible to be truth of God, and God has promised us that his word is true. And so you were born in this specific day. You know, you have a certain DNA. You have certain giftings. My brother, because of his DNA, he can build anything. He can build a table. He can build a chair. He can build a house. I don't have that gifting. I have other gifts. But see, God created you with your DNA to do something great. But the first thing you have to know is that God is the God of greatness, that he created you. And that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it, friend? To know that God molded you, that God placed you in a certain place in time. So many times I'm so thankful that I say, God, thank you for allowing me the privilege to be created, to be living so I can serve you, Lord. Another thing I say to him is, Lord, thank you for letting me be in the United States where I could be free to say and do what I want to do, where the Bible was still able to be preached like I preach. Lord, thank you for letting me be in free America. So the second thing I want to tell you today is you were created in the image of God and he said it was good. Like I said, in Genesis 110, 112, 118, 131, it's absolutely true that God said that it was good. Now, as you go down into the Bible in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, in chapter 2, Adam and Eve sinned, and, and they were the first two people. By the way, we are all from two people. Every race, every color, every beautiful color, every race, it doesn't matter if you're black, red, yellow, white. You are part of the human race, and we all have the same life-giving blood through our Creator who gave us this blood, and we're all beautiful people, and we're all together as one because God created us from just two people. So I have that in common with everybody in the world, and you have to believe God and His Word over man. Man is the creation. Man has no wisdom. His thoughts can't even touch God's thoughts. So we have to believe God. I love what the Bible says in Psalm 84. Because we're created in the image of God, we're supposed to be doing God's work. We're supposed to be loving God. We're supposed to be kind to others because God loved us so much and lavished his love on us. And I want to speak to you today about decisiveness in rhetoric out here in the news, people that are trying to tell people that they're less than because of the color of their skin or where they came from, from the beginning. They say, because you're born in a certain place or because you're a certain color, that you will discriminate. And that's not true at all. Remember this, God placed love in our hearts. And I'll tell you this, whatever you teach your children, that's how they're going to be reacting towards people. So we're all created for greatness. Now, how do you get the greatness of God? Now, he created you for greatness, but why are some people falling short of greatness of God? And I've got some points here today. One of the greatest points that he has, he placed us all on the earth, and we're supposed to have dominion over the animals and over all the things of the earth. And if you'll look back in chapter 1 and verse 26, let me read this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creeps on the earth. God put us above every single thing on earth except for himself. 
So we are to be in charge of the animals, and we need to be good stewards of those animals, compassionate and loving and kind. You know, I've got a little dog, Rudy, in my house, and I just love him so much. And if I say to him, hey, let's go and get a biscuit, he knows exactly what that means because we have been placed in a dominion position over that animal. And however we treat them and train them, they'll go along with us. And when they see love, they'll want to jump in that car and they want to go with you to get a biscuit. So I had an uncle, Rob, and he was a horse trainer. He could stand in the middle of a field with a horse without any kind of harness on the horse or anything, and he could tell that horse walk in a circle, and it would walk around him. He could tell that horse, bow down. The horse would bow down. He could tell the horse to come over here, and he would come over so he could just rub his neck or his mane. I'm telling you that God created us for greatness, but in that greatness comes responsibility, which is my next point. When God gave us dominion, we should be responsible over making sure our water and our air and everything else that we have is clean, doing the best that we can, taking care of animals. I hate when I see a commercial on TV and it's those dogs where people have neglected and abused them or beaten them. But my point being on this is that as having dominion over such a loving animal, why in the world would someone abuse one of those animals? I truly believe that those people are not living for God that do that. They would never do that and abuse an animal. Same thing with a family, like I'll see another commercial or people on the side of the road that need help. We need to be helping people as much as possible because we have dominion over. God has placed us in a great place. We were born for greatness, and we need to be generous and loving and kind. These animals are gifts to mankind. They provide so much love, and then if you get into cattle and things like this, they provide food, everything that we need, and all the beautiful trees and all the beautiful lakes and all the beautiful oceans and the mountains. And I know you enjoy it probably on vacation, but as being dominion over those things, we should really look out for all those things. My next point is that God has promised that if you'll live for him and if you'll work for him and you'll be holy unto God, he's going to help you. You know, Psalm 8411, it's really great. And it says, it says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. God doesn't want us to sin. Now, everybody makes a a mistake every once in a while. And when you do, you can go before the Lord and he'll forgive you of your sins. And you just confess that sin, turn away from it, say you're sorry, make amends, and God will forgive you of that sin. As being creations of the image of God, we are supposed to be great, so we are not supposed to be unholy people. God's a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. And when he finds a Christian or an individual or a nation that's going the wrong way, he will do things to correct that nation, that individual, or that person. And he can't bless you to the best blessing. He'll bless you, but he won't bless you to the highest blessing Because he loves you. He's trying to give you mercy. He's trying to give you grace. But finally, when judgment comes, that's the day when he finally says to you, hey, you better turn around or there's not going to be a remedy for you. And the Bible is clear that we are not supposed to be sinning. Now, what kind of sins are there? There's adultery. There's sexual sins. There's lying. There's cheating. There's stealing. 
These are things that hold people back from God's best and from great positions in their life. Like, if God knows you're going to be a bad leader, he's not going to put you in leadership position because you're going to affect hundreds, maybe thousands of people. So until you are corrected and you walk away from sin, he's not going to give you the best blessing that you need. Number four, we are to be born again by his blood and become a new creature in Christ. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, I'm just saying to you today, give your heart to Jesus. It's the greatest life ever. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, and it transforms and renews your life and changes your life. No longer will you have to rule over your life. When you surrender your life to Christ, you will become a new creation. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, the new things have come. The new things of Christ the blessing, the strength, the understanding, the wisdom, the knowledge, the patience, all those things come with a life that's dedicated to Christ. So we're supposed to be born again. What God does is take the DNA that he gave you. Remember, I told you in the beginning, he created you in his own image, and you have special DNA that God gave you so that you could fulfill your mission on earth. But when you become a Christian and you combine the DNA with God's spirit in the inner man, because when you become a Christian, God abodes in you, he lives in you, he walks with you, he talks with you, he helps guide you. The Holy Spirit is sent to you and he lives inside of you. And so he gives you a God conscience. Why does he give you a God conscience? So that your life can become this greatness, but in the flesh, selfish desires of the heart can make you sin against God and do terrible things. And even if you're not doing terrible things, you'll make bad decisions. But when you partner with God and he comes and lives in your heart, then all of a sudden with this God conscience, then you'll know what's right to do and everything. And so, yeah, we become a new creation, a new creature in Christ, and the transformation begins. One of my dear friends, this last month, he was passed by five different times. He had worked for this company for 15 years, and he was passed by all these times for promotion. We prayed for him here at Spirit of a Champion Ministries, and I believed God that God was going to do a miraculous thing. They called me a couple weeks later, and they said, guess what? We have an opportunity. He's going to maybe quit his job and go to this other job. I'm telling you right now, they doubled his salary to come over to that other company. Only God can do that. And I'm trying to tell you today that God will put people and places and things in your pathway to take you to that greatness if you'll be totally dedicated, be born again, have the Holy Spirit in you, listen to that God conscience, and become more like Him every day. Number five, we are to know His Word and do His Word. Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, 4, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, when I read this Bible, I know it's the Word of God. I am completely sold out that every word is the Word of God. So when I'm affected, maybe somebody tells me, oh, you know what, Bobby, Darwinism is true. I'll say, <laughs> Darwinism is not true. The Bible tells us that God made man. He made male and female, and he made them in the, his, God's own image. So that negates anything in Darwinism because God did not make you from a monkey. 
He made you from his own image. The Bible is true. And when you know this, you can stand on a firm foundation knowing that God made you great. And by the way, when he made you, he said it was good. And then Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's Psalm 119.11. In other words, we're going to put God's word in our heart and we're going to trust God's word over anything else in our lives. And we're going to call upon that word. So in the day of trial, in the day of testing, or in the day of victory, we will know what to do because God's word is in our heart. And we know the playbook. We know every play because God has every play right in his Bible. There are over 3,000 Bible promises in the Bible. And if you just get started on a few, it will change your life. Now, number six is we are not to sin, but become more like Christ every day. We went over this, but what does it mean to be more like Christ every day? What it means is that his will has to become stronger and my will for my life has to go down. As I read the scriptures, it's more and more evident that what God wants from us is a humble heart, a contrite heart, and a pliable heart to be able to listen to his word and do his word and become more like him. And one of the things that I, I say all the time to people is, do everything out of the lens of love from Jesus Christ. If you're following God, you're going to think of others, and you're going to look at it from the God perspective of what things are instead of the me perspective or the I perspective. You're going to want to become more like Christ and follow his word. So that's what it means. You walk with God, you listen to God, and you do what he says. And live for God to become great. If you just give your whole life to God, he will make everything you do just so wonderful. And whatever you do, the Bible says, and whatever you do in deed or word, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Anything that you do in life, you want to do it as unto God. Now, this scripture is so important because what it does is it takes my level of greatness up a whole nother level. So what that means is I don't want it to be fair or good if I'm working for someone else and I've got a job to do for a family or a couple, then what I want to do is I want to do the best job. If I'm working for a big corporation, I want to do the best job. If I'm doing an event, I want to do the best event. If I'm doing, Why? Because I'm working as unto the Lord. And the whole time, I'm thinking of others because I'm thinking through God conscience that God gave me that says, love those people right where they're at, share God's love with them, spread the gospel, treat them with respect and love and dignity. And as your light shines before men, I will raise you up to the greatness that I want you to be in your life. Your beacon of light will shine across this land if you'll do those things. Well, I hope you enjoyed this today. This is such a great lesson about how we know that we didn't come from another creation. We were created unique and special by God, created for greatness, created for His will, created for His work, and created for His love for everyone we meet 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you in the Lord. I, if you would do me a favor, go to encouragingmoments.com. Sign up for subscribe on our podcast. You may be listening for the first time to this podcast, but just go in there, like it. You can subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and give us a little word of encouragement how this has changed your life, maybe, because we are trying to take this across the world and every great five-star review we get and every testimony we get from people that have had changed lives will help us to spread the gospel for the Lord. Well, let me pray for a blessing over you today. Dear Lord, I know this man of God or this woman of God, they were born for greatness. I know that inside of them is greatness because you have made them and you said it was good. And Lord, you said that you would bless them and they're coming and they're going. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, you promised not to give us calamity, but to give us a hope for a great future, to give us success. And Lord, I pray for that man or that woman who is struggling right now in their job or in their heart about what they should be doing in life. But Lord, make their vision clear. Give them your presence, God. Guide them, lead them, direct them, and bring the greatness out in them so that they can help this world and they can be a shining example of what God will do as they dedicate themselves to you, Lord. Just bring them and give them blessing and favor and honor and give them greatness to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm so glad we had this time together. Until next time, be encouraged. Thank you for listening to Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams. For more Encouraging Moments, go to spiritofachampion.com or join us on Facebook at Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams.